Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast about all things magic and mythology and pop culture. We're on. Hey, everyone. I'm Liam, the daughter. I'm Lauren, the mom. <laughs> I wanted you to get excited. Did you, I'm no need. I'm yeah, already excited. You're already excited. I'm already there because it's our Halloween episode. Yes, it is. Happy almost Halloween, friends. Yes, happy Halloween. Yes, we are filming this, of course, a few days before Halloween, and of I course. think you're getting the episode. You know, maybe one or two days before. Yeah. But wow, happy Halloween. I'm so excited. It's our favorite day of the year. It sure is. Oh my gosh. And we dress up. We did dress up. You know what? This is the first year. We dressed up last year, but this year we went a little we went a little harder. Yeah. And it's been a while since I like I mean, we had like the hair spray, you know, like, oh my gosh, that colored hairspray. Yes. This is exactly what they used on Peter Vincent's hair. We just talked about Fright Night. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. If it's hard. If you put me or Lore next to a Ooh. flame right now, we might ignite. <laughs> yeah, we're going up. We're, we're going, going up in up. flames. If you are not watching us on yes. Patreon, where we show our videos, yes. we are dressed as Beetlejuice and Lydia. Yes, oh Beetlejuice and Lydia. Or what? I could be mistaken as a few things. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, I'm Beetlejuice and you are supposed to be Lydia, but you think you look a little more like... Uh, Nikki Six just came to my mind. Oh my mind. gosh, okay, <laughs> yes. A uh, Danzig. Okay, yeah. Um, Gene Simmons from and Kiss. Gene Simmons was what first came to mind. Yeah, and uh, the guy from the Cult. <laughs> the guy from the Cult, the Cure. Oh, the Cure. Oh the cure. my gosh. Yes. Yeah, What's Robert, his name? Robert Smith. Yes, Robert. Smith. You are giving me very Cure vibes. Very Robert Smith vibes. Yeah. Wow, Laura. Do you want to sing? But a little, I am Lydia. Do you want to sing a little tune? Or I'm not gonna sing a little ditty. You're not gonna no. belt out a no, Cure no, tune. Wow, no. I'm disappointed. Yeah, you look great. You're Lydia. I am Lydia. We decided Beats. to switch it up. We thought maybe people would expect me to be Lydia and you to be Beetlejuice. Yes. <laughs> we swapped. Yes. I think you look adorable. I, you know, hey, I went all for it. You did. Yeah. yeah. We, you know, got the. We both have white face paint on, which we again, do. it has been forever since I've like, it has a smell. That Halloween face paint has a certain yes. smell, Yes, but it was kind of nostalgic. I was like, oh, was wow. it? it's been a while, my friend. Hello. And did you enjoy it? I did enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. And we both, so I sprayed my hair green mm -hmm. um, and you sprayed yours black. Yes. And holy shit. Yeah. It's crunchy. It's hard. Let me see if yeah. we can get some ASMR. I don't think you can hear no. it. Wow. Ooh. Ooh. Because yeah, it like, won't move. That's no. why you can't hear it. I feel like I have a helmet on my head. And um, my head moves, but the hair stays in one spot. Dude, I'm not going to be able and to so, take you fucking seriously. No, it's like very itchy. I feel like I'm, you know, my good, the bangs that you made me, they're cute. Yeah, they they're so cute. cute. They're very so, Lydia Dietz. so Lydia. Um, they are puncturing my forehead. So, you know, a yeah. shower 
is eminent. Yeah, it's in after your future. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those bangs could be considered a weapon. They're very pointy. They're very sharp. They're very crunchy. I had to do what I had to do. I used like a full bottle of hairspray to get those bitches to stay in those like pointy. You know, it was a move that they made in that Beetlejuice film. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, so we've been in this all day. We've been in these costumes all fucking day. Of course, we live. Halloween, we breathe Halloween we here do. at Uncle Bob's. Yeah. But we did a Zoom costume party with our Patreon yes. family. Yes. Yeah, and it our was a upper good time. tiers. It was a very good time. I had a good time. But we got to talking about Devil's Night. Yes. And everyone looked at us like they had no fucking clue yeah. what we were talking yeah. about. Was that only in our family? So I think Devil's Night, what we have learned today, was that it must be an East Coast thing. So it's, really? it's Devil's Night or mischief night or it might be called something different but jake did you say it's mostly in like detroit yeah it's mostly associated with uh, Uh, philadelphia and detroit yeah yeah that's where it began it was big in pittsburgh oh yeah no i think it grew to the whole east coast or at least uh, maybe regionally maybe most of the east coast knows of devil's night so devil's night is october 30th it's the night before halloween and it is when you are supposed to go out and cause mischief so if you're fans of the movie the crow Yes. Which, does it take place in Detroit? I believe it does. I believe it does. Factor J tap those fingers, which makes total sense now. Yes. The dots are fucking connecting. Mm-hmm. We're learning so many Halloween things. Yes, mm-hmm. Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, so if you're a fan of the movie The Crow, you'll yep. know that everything kind of goes down on Devil's, on Devil's Night. Night. Yes. And so to me, I just thought, I don't know. I thought yeah. everyone fucking knew what this was. Yeah. And yeah, everyone in our Patreon Zoom looked at us like we were. Yeah, so if you have you know, ever gone out and caused some mischief on Devil's Night, let us know. I would love to know. Yeah. Laura, share some stories. Did you ever yeah. go out on mischief oh my, night and always. cause some cause some damage? What'd always, you do? Always, always. So we would start out so we 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 planned. You we planned. planned this was like weeks in advance here. Damn. So what we would do is we would sneak into the farmer's fields. Right? The farmer's fields. You knew yes. we were in Pennsylvania. Farmer's fields. <laughs> we were in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Sneaking into yeah. the farmer's and we fields. would uh, steal some ears of corn. Wow. Ballsy corn, lore. Right? Wow. And it was like the corn that they used for feed. So it was hard. It wasn't edible corn, you know, like that hard humans corn. could eat. Hard corn. New hardcore corn. Hardcore corn. New band name called it. That's great. <laughs> I love this. Not Jonathan Davis. Oh anyway. <laughs> well, I do. Yeah, so then we would, you know, take all of the kernels off the cob. Okay. Put it in a sack or a satchel, right? I love when you say sack. Sack. Yeah. (laughs) Say it again. Sack. And then we would go out on Devil's Night and we called it tic tac We called it tic tacking. Yes. I know. Yes. No one, I does, I'm like shocked that this is not just like, yeah, that everyone knows what yeah. tic tacking is. Yeah, you would throw the yeah. corn. Yeah. So you go out and you, you know, go up onto some unsuspecting home yeah. and you take out a big handful of your corn and you throw it at the windows because and it, it would makes, be noisy. Makes a, you know, it would startle somebody in the house. It would be spooks. Today, I probably would not do that. Spooks would be had on Halloween. Yeah, today, it's a different time. Would not tic-tac today. No. Kids, don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. We're not recommending any of these things. Right. We're just telling you what we've been through, okay? We're sure (laughs) sure in our history. Yeah, we would tic-tac. Right. And we would TP. TP, TP. Yeah. That's when you and I know people know what TPing is. You would take toilet paper, yeah, and you would. It's really awful. You would get lots of rolls of toilet it. paper, yeah. Which now, yes. you know, after, after the, the events, pandemic, of, after the events of 2020, absolutely not. I'm not wasting a sheet <laughs> of that worth, toilet paper. 
That's gold. That's gold. Yeah, currency. You, would, you would take a roll of toilet paper and just fucking chuck it at a house it or, in the trees so yeah. that it was like Garland really a nuisance. Which now I'm really feeling bad. Yeah. You know? To all those people you... Well, I remember, you know, I when, only we, did it a few times. when we would tic-tac, we would like, you would run up. Yeah. Throw the corn. Throw the corn. Run back. But you wouldn't run away. You would hide behind you a tree would, you because would watch. You, you were waiting for those folks to come it was out. Kinda like, fucked up. Med- it was kind of fucked up. Kids. You wanted to see them get upset. Oh, right. Yeah. You're like, yeah. watch, you know, go look at that corn, bitch. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> just tic-tac your house. Yes. Yeah. You know what? It was all in good fun, though. We were kids. And I never did this, but oh, I had okay. friends what? that would put a steaming towel <laughs> of poop <laughs> In a brown bag. <laughs> she goes, I never did this. I never did this. Or you then lying? They, and then they would light it on fire. What's that called? There's a slang term for that. And then What's the person called? would come out and try to stamp out the fire. And, and it's poop. Step in the poop. I believe you can see that stunt in a movie I like to call Billy Madison. <laughs> starring, Seriously. <laughs> starring my favorite Adam Sandler. Did he really do that? Yeah. I'm pretty, don't they throw poop <laughs> on people's doorsteps in that but movie? But do they put it in a brown paper bag? <laughs> I'm not a Sandler fan. I can't fact check that. That's the important thing. The yeah. details. She's like, but it had to be in a brown paper bag. Yes, brown paper bag. Why is that so important? But because when you lit it on fire, it has to burn. It has to burn. Well, then, yeah, obviously. Yeah. They lit it. You know what? The Virgo and the Aquarius are at it again. The and detail versus yes. the I don't give a shit. We're like, I don't know. And Devil's Night. And then you could just go haywire, you know. Right. You would egg people's cars. Oh, shit. Yeah. And you'd wow. wrap them in saran wrap. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, yeah. yes. Dude, when I worked at Five Guys, <laughs> dude, people would come and surrap our cars. Surrap. Mm-hmm. Surrap. <laughs> a serape. <laughs> He would wrap my car with a serape. <laughs> it was warm and cozy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they would come and saran wrap mm-hmm. our cars all the time while we yeah. were working so we couldn't go out and do anything. And then you'd come out after a fucking long shift and be like, wow, that's what I call getting a slice of the old dick pie. That's right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Devil's night. What a great time. Mischief makers. Wow. And then what? you would go out the very next night and all dressed and ask these fine people for candy. I know I just threw a steaming hot pile of shit at your door, but give me that fucking Snickers you got in the cabinet. And it better be a full size or I'm coming back for more. <laughs> I'm going to fucking TP your shit next. Oh, my gosh. Again, we're not recommending. Don't try this stuff at home, kids. Yeah. Wow. We are such good role models, do you think? And saying all of this dressed as Beetlejuice and Liddy, looking at your bangs right now as you say this, it's just making it all so much better. Just call me Danzig. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's another great, yeah. I'm sing a Misfits tune. You do look like fucking Danzig. Oh my gosh. It's like this one curl hanging down my face. <laughs> Famous oh. monsters, that's me. Yeah, you're killing it, Laura. You're still you're still nailing the Halloween spirit, no matter what you are. Hey, I'm here I'm here to party. <sighs> I'm showing up for it. I love it. All right. Well, do you want to get into it? I do. It's you know, this is an exciting fucking episode. We've got some good topics. I think we do. beforehand, fact check Jake, do we have a patron to thank? We do. We have one patron to thank. Her name is Rory. Oh. Rory. Rory, any relation to Lorelai? Where's Lorelai? <laughs> okay. Welcome to the fam. Yeah, I think they thank get you so that. Much. Yeah, do you think that gets that 
all the time. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my bad. All right. Anywho, mm-hmm. thank you so much. We love you. If you yes. want to check out our Patreon, it will be linked in our show notes. Yes. Please go check it out. It's a lot of fun over there. We have a good time. If you can't join, go throw us a review on Apple or tell a friend about Uncle Bob's. Yes, please do. All right. And with that, are you ready to get into the fucking Halloween episode? I am. Lore, it's time. You know what? I'm going to surprise you today. Are you? Yes. I think this is unexpected. Is it? Yes. I went way back. Did you? I'm doing an oldie today, but I have a really good reason. Do you? Yes, I do. Okay. Because I have a great lesson. Ooh, I love that. So me and Fact Check Jake, obviously we collect VHS tapes. You do? And Fact Check Jake specifically loves like the old universal mm-hmm. monster horror films. And we have never really watched them, or at least right. I haven't. Right. Maybe he has. Um. And we had one called The Black Cat Mm. from 1934. That's going way back. That is going way back. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to tackle this because I feel like we need to talk about black cats. Oh, yeah. And that was my motive. But actually, this is a pretty good film. So I was excited yeah, I did so. It yeah, you liked I, it. It got me to watch an older film and I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot. So I'm excited to share it with I you all. I love that for you. Thank you, yes, Lord. Yes. I love that for you. For you. All right. So, The Black Cat, 1934. Love it. American pre-code horror film. So, this is referring to a brief time period, okay, mm-hmm. where sound in films is, like, becoming popular. Right. All right. But it happens before serious censorship and guidelines. Mm-hmm. So, pre-code equals unrestricted risque. Go Ooh. for it. Isn't that fun? Yes. I did not know any of no this. No holds bar. Yeah. So because of this, the black cat was banned in many countries Ooh. because it was considered too risque. Too saucy. Too so- <laughs> too much spice. Too much spice. All right. The tagline, the most imaginative picture yet. And I got to say, not an imaginative tagline. Oh, you know, no, no. You got to Come that on. That didn't grab me. Come on. No. <laughs> I am bored. But I mean, what did they put out? Like 10 movies a year in that year. I was going to say, it was the 30s. I got to cut them some slack. You're right. right, You're right. All right. Loosely based on Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat. Love that. Wow. Love that. Directed by Edgar G. Ulmer. And here's your cast. Give it to me. It's pretty epic. Is it? Boris Karloff as Ulmer Perlzig. Love it. Love it. Bella Lugosi. (gasps) Well, that is why it is epic. Those okay. two come on as Doctor awesome. Vitist Veldergast. Nice. Well, wow, there's That's a, a mouthful. Lot of, there's a lot of complicated names <laughs> in my like thing it. today, yeah. so just bear with me. David Manners as Peter Allison, Julie Bishop as Joan Allison, Egon Brecker as the Major Domo, Harry Cording as Thamal, Lucille Lund as Karen. Henry Armetta as the sergeant, and Albert Conti as the lieutenant. Awesome. Awesome. All right, you ready for the rundown, Lauren? I'm ready. All right, remember this is an old film. It's very dramatic. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, it opens with a newly married couple, Peter and Joan. Oh, Peter and Joan. Very bland names. Congrats. I'm going to say. Talk about needing a little sauce. You know, Peter Many and Joan. Many blessings right. to you, Peter and Joan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They were on a train ride leaving from Budapest. Okay. All right. They were on their honeymoon. The two are talking spicy to each other, I think. 
I am still convinced that they were just ordering lunch on this train. <laughs> Jake is saying that they were like, Wink. yeah, they were like, I haven't eaten in weeks. And I'm like, oh, wait, if they haven't eaten in weeks. No, they were talking to each other. I'm like, I thought they wanted a sandwich. Again, I am so oblivious. This is why Fact Check Jake had to ask me out like 29 times before I was like, what? I'm like, they're flirting with each other. She said, what? So I was like, I think they're hungry. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. Anywho. All right. So mm-hmm. apparently they're trying to get it in, uh-huh. in this wink, train wink. car. Mm-hmm. They are interrupted by psychiatrist Dr. Vitus Veldergast. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call him Doc from Doc here on v. out to make this easy for all okay. of us. All right. Doc is a bit spooky. Mm-hmm. All right. But they get to talking and he says he's going to visit an old architect friend named Almer Perlzig. Okay. All right. The couple falls asleep and the fucking Doc begins to pet Joan's hair. Interesting. Yeah, again, okay. this movie's from the 30s. I was like, mm-hmm. is this, you know, is this a common occurrence? <laughs> but he was like, oh. Are these nice social graces? Yeah, he was just like, oh. Okay. You know, like kind of lovingly, but totally fucking creepy. Like, sorry, Doc. Um, you're awkward and yeah, inappropriate. Don't, don't fucking touch me while I'm sleeping, Doc. All right. right. Anyway, shortly after, okay, he mm-hmm. explains that the reason he was petting <laughs> her hair is that he's been single since he left for World War One. World War One. I cannot. World War <laughs> I cannot say that World War Y unless I say it super slow. World War One. That's how World it comes War. out. He left for World War One. <laughs> World War One. Eighteen years ago. Oh my. Okay, so he's a little lonely. And he's been single since then. Yeah, that's why. Pet and I Jones feel you, dude. I feel you. He had to get a little. Yeah, he had to get a little if human I touch. Ever, if I ever do that, please slap me. <laughs> If you just start penning people's hair in train cars, yes, I absolutely will. Okay. So he had a wife and daughter back home, but he was captured when he went away to war and he was kept prisoner for 15 years. Bummer. (laughs) Don't we feel bad (laughs) for makeup? No wonder he's petting somebody's hair. Jeez. All right. All right. Now he's returning home. Okay. (laughs) Okay. To find out what the fuck. Where's his wife and daughter? All right. So the gang gets off the train and they all decide to share a cab. Of course, <laughs> saving money it's cheaper it's that logical. way. It's logical. It's a thrifty. It's it's a th- you know it's a thrifty idea. Exactly. The doctor's servant, quote unquote, is there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but there's a bad storm, and the bus driver will not shut the fuck up. Cab driver, bus driver, whatever. He keeps telling spooky stories about the war. Why not? All right, and he swerves and gets in a crash. Dude, uh, focus on the road. Focus. You you looking at herbs? Right. <laughs> All right. He goes. My bad. So they get out of the car, right? The gang. And they go, driver's dead. Like, just so nonchalantly. Uh, and they just leave him there. See? He shouldn't have been talking. No, he shouldn't. <laughs> They're like, bitch, you want to shut the fuck up? And they, just, right. they just fucking leave him there. So <laughs> oh, matter of fact, it's hilarious. Nice. So poor Joan is injured. Her arm, I think, mm-hmm. is hurt. Mm-hmm. All right. So they all walk to the doctor's friend's house that he was speaking of earlier to mm-hmm. get some help. Mm-hmm. They arrive and stuff immediately seems off. All right. His supposed friend Pearlzig mm-hmm. is cuddled up with a young lover. Okay. Okay. But he climbs out of bed like super slowly, like kind of like Frankenstein. Oh. oh. Which is a nod because uh-huh. he played Frankenstein. Uh-huh. Um, he puts on this gaudy robe. Fucking hysterical. Is it? I'm like, okay, guy. Like, way to announce that you're coming in a room. <laughs> it's very flashy. Was it a paisley print? It was something. I don't know what the fuck. Gold, you know, flashy. Uh, Woo. Navy boo. boo. (laughs) Navy blue paisley. I've seen it many times. Navy boo. (laughs) Not up close and personal, but 
in movies. Say, have you had a lot of relationships with men and uh, navy blue robes that you're not telling me about? I'd love to hear about this. All right. Anyway, he goes to help okay. his new visitors. Yeah. All right. I'm going to call him a robe. <laughs> from here on out. Paisley Prince. Again, their names are just hard for me to say. And okay. again, we all know that I'd butcher them. So Doc we've got Doc the robe. in robe. Okay. All right. They get Joan situated and Doc gives her some medicine. Mm -hmm. We later realize that we have been lied to this entire time. I'm shocked. Doc and Robe are not fucking BFFs. Oh. Hmm. Oh my God. Here's where the drama comes in. Okay. In fact, when Doc was held captive as a prisoner in the war, Robe took his wife, Karen, and (gasps) married her. Oh, that's some bullshit right there. Ain't that a bitch? That is some bullshit. So the Doc confronts robe hmm. he's like yep. where's my family where's my family <laughs> okay but they are interrupted by peter newly married peter who's looking for a nightcap poor innocent peter is like can i get a drink <laughs> nice nice of course. all right the boys all get to talking about what they do for a living so we have a writer an architect and a psychiatrist in the room mm-hmm. again there's a joke in there somewhere yeah. someone else figure that yeah. out three men walk into a bar exactly all right the doc sees a black cat and freaks the fuck out like, absolutely freaks out. He throws a fucking knife literally out of nowhere. I don't know where he got the knife. Out of his sock. <laughs> out of his sock. I mean, often they grab for their sock. And it's just- <laughs> Laura's like, I know. He was in prison. That's where he I must know have things. kept it. I know action yeah. films. Often they, grab- <laughs> often they grab for their sock. Oh, my God. Okay, well, apparently he grabs the knife from his sock, and he Mm -hmm. throws it at this cat and kills it. Okay? Because apparently Doc has a serious and intense, all-consuming fear of cats. And apparently he will just kill them on sight. All right? Oh, my goodness. So Joan wakes up and sees this and is clearly upset about what happens with the cat. Like, very upset. You you go, Joan. You go, Joan. Woohoo! But the Doc says not to worry about Joan. All right? He simply gave her a heavy narcotic... For her injury that made her oddly receptive to everything around her. That's why she's upset Mm. that he just murdered a cat. Yeah. That sounds very reasonable. Sounds legit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So everyone goes to sleep later that night. And for some reason, Peter sleeps separate from Joan. After everything that just happened in this weird ass house. Absolutely not. Mm. Jake, if you were like, I'm going to go sleep in another room, I'd be like, I think the fuck not. I'm not sharing a cab with someone who pets your hair while you're sleeping. <laughs> exactly. We'll start there. Right, right, exactly. So many red flags. All right. So then we flash to Robe. Okay. All right. Who is walking around his basement looking at his collection of dead women. Here's where it took a turn. What? He has a collection of dead women in glass containers and they're like floating. It's super creepy. I'm having flashbacks. Like Cabin by the Lake. To my Cabin by the Lake with Judd Nelson. Yeah. Terrified. Flashbacks. I was super creeped out. I'm like. You didn't sleep for Robe, years. Robe, what right. the fuck are you doing down there? As he saunters around, he carries a black cat that guards all of this spooky ass fucking shit. Okay. All right. Okay. He then walks into the doc's room. So we know he's up to no good. Robe. <laughs> I would think so. You're fishy <laughs> with your floating dead bodies. All yeah. right. So he walks into doc's room. Finally, he says, you know what? The jig is up. I'm going to take you to your wife, Karen. All right. Okay. Doc, Doc, super excited. He's He's like, like, fuck yeah, that's what I came here for, right? He's not excited for too long. Oh, no. Because Karen. She floating. His long lost wife 
is fucking floating in a jar oh, dead. Shit. Shit. R.I.P. Karen. Oh, not good. Not good. No, no. Apparently, she died of pneumonia a few years after the doc left for war. Oh, okay. So natural causes. So Robe says, mm. I don't trust a fucking thing. I don't Robe. think I believe him. No, no, I don't trust him. All right. The daughter, what of her? Where'd she go? Robe says she's dead too. But not floating. She's not floating. Okay. Okay. Mm. All right. Remember that. Okay. Okay. So those two get mm. to fighting and arguing. Okay. I know where this is going. Go, go. <laughs> Don't spoil it, I'm Laura. not going to spoil it. All right. They get to fighting and arguing when Robe proposes a game of death take place the next day. Seems a little extreme, Robe. I challenge you to a duel. Right. Just fucking work it out, Robe. All right. Anyway, Robe goes off to cuddle his blonde babe and read some of his fave nightly books. Okay. Including The Rights of Lucifer. What? Is that the book he's reading? Yeah, The Rights of right. You know, just a casual nightly read. You know, with a nightcap. Nothing too crazy. <laughs> no, light reading. The Rights of Lucifer. All right, later that night, Robe and Doc get into yet another argument. Mm. Because apparently- just get over, get, get with it. I'm, re- I'm going to throw you for another loop. Oh, jeez. They are both digging on Joan. Well, I can understand Doc. I mean, he's been in prison for 15 Fuck years Karen. and he already petted her hair. Yeah, yeah. he was petting on her hair pretty yeah, fucking hard. Yeah. So they both want Joan. But right, what but a, I thought the other guy had a, a gal. It, no, no, he, she's not good enough. He is now feeling what Joan is bringing to the table. Yeah. All right. Doc, however, wants the couple to be set free because I think he actually likes Joan a little bit. Okay. And he's like, let them go. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Rub. Wants to fucking lock her up in his house like a fucking creep and probably put her in a fucking glass jar. And where, the hell, and where the hell is Peter? Peter's off fucking having a nightcap. Peter doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Jake, the whole movie was like, this man is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> this man does not know what's going on. All right, so Robe and Doc play a chess game for Joan's life. And Joan doesn't even know. <laughs> She's Joan just still, like sawing logs in the other room. Exactly. Uh, but the Doc loses like a fucking idiot. Doc. <sighs> oh, boy. Wow. So they all, you know, everyone besides Robe, they all try to escape. Peter, mm-hmm. you asked where he was. Yeah. He gets karate chopped. <laughs> karate chopped. Knocked knocked the fuck out. <laughs> you got knocked the fuck out. All right. Joan passes out. Of course. Passes out. You know. Good night, Joan. It's not great. Uh, it's oh not gosh. great for our gang. All right. Doc goes to help Joan. She finally wakes the fuck up mm-hmm. and informs her that Robe is actually a satanic priest of course. Wow. Hey, I already knew that. Hence the rights of Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And he is trying to use her in an upcoming ritual. That fucking uh, blows. Joan. Wow, Joan, that really bites the big one. Mm-hmm. All right. Blondie Karen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The blondie from the from the bed. She busts in. Her name yeah. is also Karen. Karen. <laughs> Do you see why? Uh-huh. Okay. And we realize that she is, in fact, the doc's long lost daughter. She Ew. is not dead. She is not dead. But she believes that her father is Robe. No, her father is Doc. I know, but she believes her father is Robe? No, she Robe. believes her father is Doc, but she believes Doc is dead. She's been shagging Robe. <laughs> this sounds like a soap opera. It is. is. I have drama. it in my note. I have it in my note. Soap opera. What did I say at the beginning of this? I said 1930s. The drama was wow. heavy. Okay, so that soap means opera. that Robe, let's, let's you know, yeah. roll call. That means that Robe has been... Shagging. Getting down with his own stepdaughter. Because Mama Karen is floating in a jar. Doc was away at war. He thought, why not? Why not? Okay. So are we all caught up? I'm going to do what I want. Daughter Karen, clueless. Okay. Clearly. (laughs) Okay. So flash to the night of the ritual. 
Okay. okay. I'm there. Robe comes in looking fucking good with a funky gold medallion. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Did it inspire Robin Gibbs? <laughs> funky gold medallion later on? It may on? have. It may, it may <laughs> have. This may have been the it inspiration. It may be the very, very same medallion. Because it was funky and it was very gold. All right. <laughs> Along with his robe. He was really, you Rocking know, he was it. really doing something there. All right. Everyone else in the satanic cult is dressed in like these sick black vampire robes. Okay. Very Halloween. I was right. loving it. Joan. Oh, Joan. Clueless. Okay. <laughs> Clueless as ever. She gets brought up to the altar. And she passes out. Oh, again. goodness. <laughs> I'm like, girl, you really got to fucking stop you have passing no lines. out. You have no lines. Yeah, All you have to do is pass out. Joan, get it together. Stop passing out. Like, you know, it's kind of important right now. How does one okay. audition for that role? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit the floor. <laughs> How well can you hit the floor? You're <sighs> hired. But Joan, you know what? It's going to be okay, girl. Because your man, Peter, he has recovered from his fucking karate shop. Okay. <laughs> And him, the servant, and Doc and Joan all go to make an escape. Oh, all right. Again. <sighs> Joan tells the Doc that his daughter, Karen, is still alive. And she is shagging robe. She's oh, shagging the robe. You know, Doc has really had a long... <laughs> Doc she, has the trials really, and tribulations, He's had a man. long day, a long, yeah, long, yeah. long life. Thank goodness he petted her hair in the beginning. <laughs> it's getting them through. Good thing he got that <laughs> It's in. getting them through all oh, this. Fucking hell. All right, he runs off to find out that, just kidding... Robe has, in fact, killed Karen the daughter, too. Wow, what an ass. <laughs> Robe. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. He's not great. All right, there's a big fight sequence. Okay. Doc kills Robe. Woo! Thank goodness. Thank fucking God. But Peter. He doesn't make it. <laughs> clueless Peter. <laughs> ends up killing Doc. Even though Doc was just trying to help him and jump. What? Again, he was clueless the entire film, and it really showed there at the end, you know? Okay. Okay. And Doc, as he is dying, he blows everything up. Everything up. He's like, you know what? If I'm going down, I'm going to take down this whole fucking thing with me. I'm going to take down all these floating glass jars. It's all fucking coming down. Right. All right. Have no fear, though. Burning this bitch to the ground. You know, the couple, the really, um, uh, how do I say it? Mm. (laughs) The couple with all the personality in the world, Mm -hmm. Joan and Peter. Joan, who keeps passing out, Peter. Peter, just out for a nightcap. You're just there, my friend. Uh, They escape just in time. And they are back on their train ride in no time. Wow. And you would have never known anything about it. Exactly. Well, but Peter, he decides to write. You would know because he Uh, decides to write about this madness in his new book. Remember, he's a writer. (laughs) And uh, he gets a bad review because the events are just too unbelievable. Of course. Uh, And that is the end. That's the end. Of the black cat. Okay. How, I, give me what, your feelings. What am I feeling about this? <laughs> well, I mean, let me be, let me be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I want to hear it. Uh, it harkens me back to an episode that we did called yeah. the um, Cry of the Banshees. Yeah. When, uh, you know, the movie was called Cry of the Banshee, but there was no Banshee. Yeah. Um, so, kind of here. Yeah, so that's why I, you know. I got through it and I was like, no, we're going to talk about this because this is why this is important. So I will say it was a good movie. Yeah. Like it was actually really good. I liked it. Um, There were black cats in it. They weren't a focal point. No, I don't know why it's called the black cat. It should have been called like the robe. (laughs) The paisley robe. The funky gold medallion. (laughs) Yeah. Um. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of drama, yeah. but I feel like that is very common with yes, these older movies, yes. and it is very common that the title, like the black cat, 
the cry of the banshee, the right. crystal ball, and yeah. they have nothing to fucking do. I saw no crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's kind of my point yes. here. Yeah. I would recommend going to watch it, and I'll tell you why later, but let's talk about my lesson, which is black cats. I love that we so much. We couldn't go through Halloween without talking about no, black cats. and it's such an important topic, I think. It is. Yes. All right. So cats are a staple of Halloween. Mm-hmm. All right. They have become synonymous with witches, goths, the alternative lifestyle. All right. Yes. They are strong and fierce, independent, and have boundaries. All right. Mm-hmm. And they don't really get down with authority, which is why you could see, you know, why they are linked there a little bit. Like kindred spirit. Exactly. They like to roam at night. Mm-hmm. They are mysterious. They are in tune and supposedly psychic. Cute. Um, Today, black cats are seen as spooky bad omens or bad luck, especially around Halloween time. Mm -hmm. So what is said in this lovely movie, all right, is a black cat is the living embodiment of evil. A black Mm -hmm. cat does not die. They are deathless. So I will say, like, they did talk about black Mm -hmm. cats Mm -hmm. in the film. Not in a great way. Yeah. But so here are some common superstitions about black cats. Uh, The devil and all witches can take the form of a black cat. Right. It is a bad omen for a black cat to cross your path. Mm -hmm. Um, They are a sign of impending doom. A black cat is a witch's familiar... Familiar? Familiar. (laughs) Familiar spying on you. Mm. Um, Black cats are shapeshifters, which we learned about last week. Um, And necromancers, meaning they can talk to the dead. In, in a mm, very short right. you know, synopsis. Yeah. But it was not always that way, right? Black right. cats were not always seen as bad. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to kind of go back, like work our way back and see Let's what the hell happened. Yeah. All right. So in ancient Egypt, cats were considered to be sacred and divine symbols. Mm-hmm. All right. They worshipped the goddess Bastet. And there are so many names in here. And right. you know me. If, <laughs> if you've been listening. Apologizing. I apologize. I did try to look up pronunciation, but... You know, right, roll right. with me yeah. here. All right. The goddess Bastet, the goddess of truth, fertility, maternal and sexual energy, uh, represented as a woman with a cat's head. Mm. All right. So households that had a black cat were considered to be blessed by Bastet. Oh, love it. So cats were treated like royalty and were considered to be true members of the family. Oh, oh nice. So cute, as they should be. Uh, these cats were often mummified and placed with their owners after yes. death. So that is Egyptian mythology. Mm -hmm. In Greek mythology, we have Hecate, Mm -hmm. the goddess of magic, witchcraft, and the moon. And she is often associated with cats and familiars linking witches to cats. Right. All right. Um, In Norse mythology, we have the goddess Freya, Mm -hmm. uh, the goddess of afterlife, death, fertility, and battle, who rode in a chariot pulled by cats. All right. Love that. Love that. And in Welsh mythology, we have the witch goddess, goddess, Caradwyn, mm-hmm. uh, the goddess of knowledge, creation, inspiration, and transfiguration, who was said to have two white cats that did her bidding on earth. Love it. So you can see the cats were like woven mm-hmm. all through, through mythology yeah. and magic in a positive way. Yes. So other positive associations, I'm not going to go through, you know, right. everything, but uh, prosperity, mm-hmm. good luck. Mm-hmm. If a black cat is found chilling around your home or on your doorstep, that means that you should expect some money, honey. Money, 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 money. money. If you are single and you have a black cat, you supposedly will attract more lovers. Jeez, I've always had black cats. Lore. I think, you should get, I think you should get a few. 
You know, I'm gonna. Be, no wonder they call people crazy cat ladies. <laughs> they're, like, they're just trying to attract. Get, keep getting cats. Too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it'll work. It'll work one day. Um, and that they bring wisdom. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck happened? Like, what where did happened? it go bad? Please tell me. So let's go to the Middle Ages in Europe. Mm. All right, we saw the spread of Christianity. Yep. Which means the spread of the fear of witchcraft of and a course. lot of paranoia. Again, we've talked kind of yes, about this a lot. We have. Um, but black cats in the occult become very intertwined. All right. When Pope Gregory, fact check Jake, make fun of me if you want. IX, what's that Roman numeral? IX is nine. <gasps> Lord, thank you. You're so quick with it. So quick with it. All right. So I actually had a class in high school on Roman numerals. Is that weird? Are you kidding me? I think that's very weird because I never did. Mm -hmm. And every time I'm like, wow, I don't know. And I really should. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, okay, class. Now we're going to talk about the Mm -hmm. next number. I know. Like what? That's so cool. I like that though. It has come in handy, Laura. Thank you. It really has. All right. (laughs) She's like dead serious. All right. So Pope Gregory the ninth, Mm -hmm. according to Laura. All right. Releases a church document in 1233 that officially declares black cats as embodiments of Satan himself. Hmm. Great. That's not great. Can you sense my sarcasm? Okay. So basically says this document, it basically says that cats come on behalf of the devil, uh, that witches worship them. They promote illicit behavior, blah, blah, blah. They just pull that information out of their ass. You know what? I've had enough. I mean, is that? No. How, I mean, they just pull this information out of their asses. Basically, yeah. Uh, so they were seen as a threat. Uh, witches were marked as heretics. Mm. We have talked a lot about yes, that. We have. So then, black cats were as well. Uh, okay, this led to black cats specifically uh, being gathered and killed out of fear. Yes. Yeah. And still to this day. Yeah. So yes. as the Christian church rose, so did the belief in these kinds of superstitions. All right. Mm-hmm. The narrative quickly spread throughout the world. Black cats are evil and they work for witches and Satan. Right. Okay. Um, if a black cat were to cross someone's path, it was not uncommon for them to rush off to the church for a blessing. Right. Which of curse. Of curse. That <laughs> curse. Which of curse that curse. Which of curse me. Which of course uh, the church loved because it brought them some business. Oh, All right, yeah, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, so, of course, cats were even partially blamed for spreading the bubonic plague and mm. Black Death. Yep, I have read that. Um, basically, just using as as mm-hmm. an excuse to kill a bunch of them. Though mm-hmm. um, this actually did not help, which is interesting. Right. Uh, so they killed. A lot of the cats, which meant more rodents, Mm -hmm. which meant the plague was spreading faster, according to what I had read. So congratulations. Mm -hmm. You played yourself. All right. So when the pilgrims began colonizing North America, they brought all of this bullshit superstition, you know, with them. All right. And that played out in the Salem witch trials Mm -hmm. as well. This narrative just never stopped. Mm-hmm. Like you said, black cats are still seen as scary today yeah. and are less likely to be adopted. I know we always adopt black cats. I know. They have some of the highest euthanasia rates. Um, black cats get abandoned or dumped off at shelters more than others, especially after Halloween when the appeal has died down. Oh, no. All I right. don't like that. No, I don't either. So I figured it was important to shine a light on really why yes. and to show you that it's all bullshit. Right. 
Right. Okay. Of course. Of yeah. course. Okay. Come on now. Uh, so let's look at black cats and pop culture. Pop culture. <laughs> because that's culture. what we do here. Obviously, yes. we have Banks from Hocus Pocus. Of course. Your favorite. That was our last Halloween episode last mm-hmm. year. So go listen to that. I love Zachary. Zachary. Oh, Zachary. My God. Zachary Banks. Zachary. You're thinking wow. Zachary Bagans. <laughs> you know, oh That's my god I'm getting a black cat and I'm calling him Zachary Bagans oh my god Laura first of all absolutely and second of all can you imagine like Zach Bagans kind of like morphed into Thackeray Banks hold on I love this I love that I messed that up did that witch just make fun of my mom, mom? can you imagine like Thackeray Banks saying Zach Bagans shit like I have It'd to be see hilarious. it. An animator out there, please make this happen. Let's do it. Like his face on a cat. I have to with the glasses. Oh my god! Please give it a velvet hat. That'd be okay. hilarious. Anywho, mm-hmm. um, Salem Saberhagen, Sabrina yes. the Teenage Witch, Isis from Star Trek. Okay. Uh, Luna from Sailor Moon. Mm. Felix the Cat, who is a cartoon. Yes. Snowball from The Simpsons. Um, Gigi from Kiki's Delivery Service and yeah. Winky. From Escape to Witch Mountain. I love that. And that is on my list, yes. that movie. Escape to Witch Mountain? Yes. Ooh, I can't wait. I've never yeah. seen it. And Felix the Cat. He's the one that's that clock that I've always wanted. Some of them, yeah. 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 A lot of these are actually on our list. I know a lot of people have suggested Kiki's Delivery Service mm-hmm. and Sailor Moon. Yeah. So Black oh, Cats though, appear in a lot of the pop culture that yes. we love. Yes. Um, and I some, you know, do it justice. Yeah. Um, and some don't. Right. The one I chose today, not great. It was not a good, good movie, but I did want to show maybe how pop culture perpetuates that yes, a little bit. Yes. Um, you know, this is an older movie. So, right. but that is the black cat. I love that. Did we learn? I, today? well, absolutely. I didn't even know there was a movie called The Black Cat. I didn't know. You uh, would love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Here's some fun and random facts. Oh, this, I'm so excited. Yeah. Cause I want to talk about why I yes. think you would love it. So this was the first of eight films to star the pair Karloff Mm -hmm. and Lugosi. Love that. This kicked it off. Mm -hmm. So at the time, these two were the biggest stars in horror. Of course. They were always pinned against each other and Mm -hmm. seen as competitors. Yeah. So this film, The Black Cat, marked the beginning of a long working relationship between the two that they both very much enjoyed. Oh, I love that. And I think that's why you would love this movie. Seeing those two act together, it was just like... Holy shit. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It was just really great. Yeah. And knowing that it was the first time that they did that, it just felt, I don't know, it felt kind mm-hmm. of special. Cool. Um, it was a huge hit at the box office. Of course. Why not? Yeah. It was Universal's biggest hit. It's the drama. In 1934. Wow. Mm-hmm. The drama. Wow. Ow. Try to follow that. Uh, credited as the first movie to refer to Satanism as a cult. Ooh. Which is, yeah, that probably (laughs) kicked off a lot of other things. Um, October 27th has been labeled Black Cat Day in the UK to educate and encourage adoption. I love that. Yes, and in the US, August 17th is Black Cat Appreciation Day to kind of try to do the same thing. Um, the film has a beautiful score. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed it. And there's a song that plays throughout. Jake, I had you get the name for me. Yes, it is called The Piano Quintet in E-flat Major, Opus 44 by Robert Schumann. Ooh. Yes, and it is the same song that they play on the violin in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. The oh, serious? Do you know what I'm talking about? That's very creepy. And it plays 
all throughout this movie, oh and gosh. it is so good. And I looked it up, and I think it's only really been in those two movies. I love when filmmakers call are f- back, are, like our fans, and yes. are inspired, and they, you know, pay homage through little Easter eggs to older films. Ho- yes, it's so I love it. cool. I like could have cried when I heard that. I was yeah. like, oh my god, it's a song because you know I love yes. the Buffy movie. So yeah. a nod to that, yeah. or you know that they yeah. shouted this out. I thought that was so fucking cool. All right, so um, it was so rare for a film at the time. Speaking of scores, to have a continuous score throughout mm. the whole movie. Really? Yes. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. So this was like a big moment. The fact that it had music playing throughout the entirety of the film. Wow. Started a trend. Wow. Trendsetter. Uh, The movie has no gore. I love that. Absolutely no gore. Relies more on shadow and suspense. Mm -hmm. More drama, obviously, than horror. It was kind of refreshing, though. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm a big horror fan. Yeah. But it was kind of refreshing to still see a horror plot played out with Absolutely right. no gore. Yes. Absolutely yeah. not. And it was still scary. Relying on the like scare. Yeah, just yeah. the suspense. Yes. I liked that. Yeah. Uh super cool transitions in cinematography, even though it is totally fucking cheese tastic. I mean, come on. Oh my god. So fucking cheesy, but I love it. It was really cool to see the old fashion. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Lots mm-hmm. of fun mustaches and chops. Yes. Whoa, the chops. Some chops. Oh my god. Nice. Yeah, like how did you gotta love a chop, man? Uh, do you love a chop? I mean, who doesn't love a chop? Do you think your roof thatcher needs a chop? (laughs) We're really narrowing it down here. You see what's happening. Um, The term living dead was Mm -hmm. used in the film, which I thought was really cool because that kind of doesn't start to come around until later. But yeah, yeah, they use living dead to refer to like zombie-like people. I know. Oh, that's so cool. That is the black cat. That was awesome. I really enjoyed that. Did now you I have like to go it? watch it. I love it. You will love it. Please, I know you, we don't normally talk about like older films on mm. here, but I really think it was a great movie. And to see those two horror yes. legends acted out. Yes. I mean, and you got to go back to these old movies to see then how they, you know, influence the new stuff coming out. Yes, because now every time I watch Buffy, I'm going to be like, dude, that's a nod mm-hmm. to like this old horror Absolutely. movie that was like a pinnacle, yeah. you know, of the genre. I absolutely love that. I feel like I'm in on a little like secret now and now we're sharing it all with you. I don't know. I really liked it and I hope that we learned something about black cats. You know, if you're thinking about adopting a cat, please don't leave out our black cat friends. No. We love black cats here. They're fucking the sweetest animals ever. Everyone we've had has been so loving. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous why they are linked to anything (sighs) bad. So come on now. It's, uh, crazy yeah go celebrate halloween and adopt a black cat Yay! <laughs> so that's what i have for you i think you're up to bat i love it wow. i love it i love that you did something that is not well known Thank because you. mine today is like i don't know if there's anybody out there that doesn't know this movie yeah right what are you yes, doing i'm tackling ghostbusters today oh my gosh wow right? that is a big one that is a big one and huge 1984 wow you know, so the year before I graduated high school, this was wow, Lord. this was I mean, this was big. <laughs> this, this was, was big. big. Supernatural comedy. Love that. So love that. Directed and produced by Ivan Reitman. Mm-hmm. Written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. What? Yes. Was it really? Mm-hmm. It sure was. I did not know that. You that didn't? is super cool. Yes, yeah, super cool. Way to go, Dan Aykroyd and we, Harold Ramis. You go. 
um, $30 million budget, which is, it was considered like for a comedy, mm-hmm. uh, it was considered a high budget and, okay. you know, the investors were kind of like thinking they were going to get, you know, taken yeah. for a ride. Okay. But, uh, it did two ninety five. Whoa. Uh, mill at the box office. You shit me. Uh, considered a pretty big blockbuster. Blockbuster. Whoa, <laughs> I would say so. Yeah, exactly. And here's your cast. Give it to and me. And it's stellar, as it we is. know. All right, we got Mr. Bill Murray. It's Peter Venkman. Yes. Right? Uh, Dan Aykroyd as Ray Stance. And Harold Ramis, I love him, Egon Spangler. Mm-hmm. All right, Ernie Hudson as Winston Zeddemore. Mm-hmm. Zagorny Weaver as Dana Barrett. Rick Moranis, also love him, as Lewis Tully, Annie Potts as Janine Melnitz, and William Atherton as Walter Peck. What a fucking cast. That, that honestly is an excellent cast. And also your quickest cast read yet. Wild Lord. Woo! Way to go. Nice. Wow. Here's a question I yeah. have. Was this cast as like heavy hitting back then? No, I think Bill no. Murray was the biggest star power there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, because mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd stole the show for me. I loved his character. Really? And see, and I loved Harold <laughs> Ramis. Oh, really? Yes. Does everyone yes. like gravitate towards one? I think, yeah. You think, oh, okay. you think you're a... Uh, it's kind of like the Spice Girls. You had a Ghostbuster? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely... Like if you were a Ghostbuster, you would be Ray Stance. I'd be Stance. Oh, yeah. yeah I would sure. totally be Egon Spangler. Yeah, and Jake over there would 1,000% be Venkman. So Ooh. we've got them all covered. <laughs> They're all covered. <laughs> we're all here. The gang's all here. All <laughs> right. Well, well here's your plot. Okay. All right. So right out of the gate, they set up the personalities of these characters and they do such a great job. And these three work so well together. It is so entertaining. I love it. Yeah. All right. So they're at Columbia University, Mm -hmm. uh, parapsychology professors. Yes. All right. Love that. Uh, Egon Spangler is the total serious science nerd. He looks at everything from a scientific perspective. Definitely a Virgo. Definitely a Virgo. (laughs) Holy moly. Ray Stance, the perpetual child, with his childlike curiosity, like, you know, he's still believing in Santa and he's like 40. He's an Aries. Let's, well, let's admit it. <laughs> and then, of course, there's Peter Venkman. Yeah. Class clown, ladies man, rebel. Uh, at the beginning of the scene, he's testing two students uh, with Zener cards, which we've talked about. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny because there's a guy and a gal, and of course he's flirting with the girl. So no matter right. what, you know, he holds up a card, and they have to guess what the shape right. is. And uh, she says the incorrect shapes. Every and time. he's like, oh, you got it. Wow, you're so great. And the kid, <laughs> he's giving them the right ones. And he's, he's like, bummer. Oh, so close. Try again next time, right? my friend. And then yeah. he shocks him with like an electric shock. Oh my God. And his gum plops out of his mouth. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. So you can tell that he's in it. Just for shits and gigs. Venkman. He doesn't even believe. He likes to be in the spotlight. He doesn't even believe yeah. in the, you know, paranormal. Right. Okay. So up to this point, right, all of their, you know, fun in the sun. All it's of their been, paranormal studies. been in theory only. Gotcha. Right? Theory yeah. only. Until they get a call from the New York Public Library to investigate a manifestation which has scared the poor librarian half to death. Not the librarian. Which is a cool opening scene, it, right? Yeah. So she's downstairs putting books away and books are float and she walks past the card catalog and all the, you know, they all start flying out. Right. Uh, and of course she sees a ghost. <gasps> a ghost. All right. So the trio investigates, finding what appears to be some questionable book stacking. 
<laughs> Questionable book stacking. Yeah, New band of, name called it. Of course. And Peter Venkman, of course, says, yes, because no human would stack books like that. Okay, Venkman. Right. Uh, and, of course, they find some ectoplasmic residue. No. Some goop. Not to bring Gwyneth back Oh, my back God, in. with the goop. <laughs> right. Um, and then they come... <laughs> Yeah. We threw her off. We threw you threw me <laughs> off. So uh, Egon tells uh, Peter Venkman collect some of the uh, you know ectoplasm, the ectoplasm. Get that goop. I'm gonna get that goop. I'm yeah. gonna take that home. Yeah. Uh, and then of course they run into their very first live apparition. Oh my god! Not live, but you know what I mean. Yeah. In the flesh, yeah. not really in the flesh, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Laura, keep trying, honey. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, all of this theory and all of the stuff that they've been studying, and they are like frozen. They have no fucking clue. Yeah. And so they tell Peter Venkman, go say something, <laughs> right? And yeah. he's like, hey, my name's Peter. Where are you from? What's up? Anyway, of course, the ghost scares the damn pants off of them. Yeah. And they run out screaming. Hilarious. It is so funny. The university is now questioning the validity of their research. As they should be. And fires them. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> So they have no idea what they're going to do. They get Ray, poor Ray, to mortgage his family home so oh. they can go into business together. Oh, right? So they're looking for a place to hold up shop, right? Yeah. yeah. And they find this old dilapidated firehouse. <laughs> okay. Which uh, Peter and Egon are like, absolutely not. It's right. garbage. But Ray, he sees a pole that he can slide down and he's like, we're taking it. Yeah. I'm, right? all, I'm all fucking in. Have you seen this pool? <laughs> he's like, does it still work? Hey, let's sleep here tonight. Right. Right. Uh, so it's all about the fire pole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it always, you know? <laughs> and Ghostbusters Investigations is born where they will catch and keep your ghosts for you. Fuck yeah. Right. Uh, they spruce the place up, get a company logo, a corporate vehicle, and they even make a commercial. A commercial? Yes. Uh, they hired Janine as their secretary, who yeah. seems to have a crush on Egon and does not care that his hobbies uh, include collecting spores, molds, and fungus. Lore. My dream. After your own heart, you know? <laughs> She's there like, I want someone like Janine. <laughs> Where's my Janine? Where's my Egon? <laughs> All right, so business is slow at first until cellist Dana Barrett returns home one day. After I'm sorry, did you say cello? Oh, like a ch like a cello player. Cello. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, what did you say? Slant the cello. <laughs> cello. Cello. You have a bass. You have a bass. Okay, cellist, I'm there. Right, right, right. Cellist Dana Barrett returns yeah. home one day after grocery shopping to a demonic creature in her refrigerator <laughs> who just merely utters the word Zool. Wow. Right? Yeah. Very, very <laughs> so, to the point. <laughs> after seeing that Ghostbuster commercial, she heads right on over there and she's going to hire the Ghostbusters to investigate what the heck's going on in her fridge. Could you please handle this fucking <laughs> demon in my fridge? Thank you. I'm just trying to get some yogurt, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the meantime, paranormal activity seems to be picking up in the city. Wow. And the Ghostbusters are called to the Sedgwick Hotel to remove a glutonious ghost who is wreaking havoc inside the hotel. They capture the green ghostie and toss him into the ecto-containment unit. Ecto-containment unit? Yes. Whoa. It's a uh, slang for ghost trap. <laughs> Ghost trap. Ghost trap. <laughs> Got uh, it. Not before, of course, he slimes Dr. Vangman. Love that. Right? Yeah. 
Uh, business now starts booming. The gang hires Winston Zeddemore to don the Ghostbuster ensemble and yes. help catch some ghosts because yes. they're busy. Yeah. Uh, they have popped the fuck off, right? <laughs> Lord, they I'm have getting po- down. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to appeal to Gen Z. So they uh, pop the fuck off. I got that from you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, they're on magazine covers, talk shows, all eyes are on them, mm-hmm. which then captures the attention of the EPA Environmental Protection Agency, oh, shit. Agent Mr. Walter Peck, who Peter refers to as Dickless. <laughs> yes, I love His that. His name is Peter. Yeah. Um, he intends to shut them down and eventually powers down their containment unit. Unit. <laughs> unit. <laughs> He's <Yes>. a eunuch. <laughs> did say he was Dickless. I did. I did. She tried. I like how she tried to breeze past the word Dickless. She was like, So sweet and so pure. Eventually, he powers down their containment unit, which you guessed lets out all of the ghosts that they have already caught, right? Way to go, Dickless. (laughs) Dickless. Uh, The gang does find some time to research Zool, who likes to hang out in refrigerators, uh, and finds out that Zool is a demigod. Oh. And a servant to a shape-shifting god of destruction. Shape-shifting again? Yes. Wow, good thing I taught you all about this. That's right, last week. And that goes by the name of Gozer, the Gozerian. I thought it was Zul. No, Zul was in the fridge. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, he's a servant to oh. the shape-shifting god of destruction. Okay, gotcha. Name of Gozer, Gozerian. <laughs> okay, yes, okay. I'm, I'm we, with are you. Are you caught up yes. now? Yes. All right, P- Peter's. <laughs> Now I'm like, Peter. Yes, Peter. And I have not even had that many drinks. All right. Peter's many feeble attempts at flirting with Dana in the middle of her crisis. I mean, you know. Venkman, give it up, dude. Give it up, dude. She has a fucking demon in her fridge. Right. And he's flirting. Right. Uh, but it pays off. And she agrees to go out with him. So, hey, hey okay, never mind. For you. Scratch that. I take everything I just said back. You did it right. <laughs> His one-liners and humor are pretty funny. Oh, my. Uh, but not so fast. Oh, okay. Because before the hot date, Dana <laughs> and her hilarious neighbor, Louis Tully, become possessed. Oh, no. Dana possessed by Zool, the gatekeeper, and... Poor Lewis as uh, Clortho, the key master, which is hilarious because he is constantly getting locked out of his apartment. Oh, my gosh. Rick Moranis' character in this has to be one of my favorites. Rick Moranis is a god. Okay. I said it. I said what I said. Oh, my God. He did a lot of ad-libbing, but every time he would hear footsteps out in the hall, he's, like, right outside the door trying to strike up convo with Dana because he has the hots for her, He's trying to get it in. And, of course, he's an accountant, and so he's, like, got his hair slicked back and his, you know, the the outfit. I'm an accountant. The the one conversation (laughs) I had to bring it up, he's, like, he hears the footsteps. He steps out, and he's, like, oh, Dana, it's you. (laughs) thought it was the drugstore and she's like why are you okay she's like he's like i'm fine i'm great just ordered some more vitamins i was just exercising i tape a 20 minute routine on my machine and then i play it back on high speed so it only took me 10 minutes i got a great workout you want to come in for a mineral water or something <laughs> like he's so funny 
Dude, he's really like, he just fucking goes for it. Chris Traeger. Oh Honest my God. to God. Yeah, he's so hilarious. Uh, um, but apparently, Dana and Lewis's building was designed by Gozer worshiping cult to act as a vortex of paranormal activity. Holy moly. To summon Gozer and bring about the end of the world. Of wow. course. Just why that? Not? Just, just that, that little, okay. Just that. Easy task. As the possessed gatekeeper and keymaster, Dana and Lewis turn into dogs and await the arrival of Gozer. Oh, okay. okay? Yeah. But the Ghostbusters are ready. Fuck They're yeah, ready they to do battle and save their city. That's what they do. New Yorkers are on the scene to cheer them on. Yes. Things are looking pretty grim as Gozer appears oh. and tells the gang she's going to obliterate the world as we know it. Oh. But it's going to be nice, and they get to choose the form of their destructor. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. What would I choose? What would I choose? Hold on. Ray. I'm thinking. Okay, Ray. You go. Sweet, sweet Ray. Sweet, sweet Every, Ray. You know, they say, just clear your mind and don't think of anything and we'll be fine. But and they sweet, give it to Ray. But sweet, sweet. No, he just couldn't keep anything out of his brain. Sweet, sweet Ray picks the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. As I would. As I would, Ray. <laughs> you know, I was literally like, what would I pick? And I probably, you know what? You That's would a, have picked the Stay Puff Mar- Marshmallow Man. It's squishy. Yes. It seems like... Yeah. A legitimate, like you can handle it. When his face gets all like mean, it's like just not right. It's not (laughs) right. right. Yeah. So an epic battle ensues, but the Ghostbusters are victorious. (laughs) (laughs) They're victorious. Is that what they call it when you win? (laughs) Oh my God, they're victorious. (laughs) (laughs) It's a victory. Uh, <laughs> they take down Gozer, a.k.a. Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Fucking iconic. Uh, he gets toasted and roasted, covering the city in tasty marshmallow fluff. I mean, he gets it would at least taste roasted. Good. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and they all live happily ever after. Fuck yeah, they do. Right? Yeah. And then there's Ghostbusters Until part two. two. Yeah. Right, until part two. Uh, so you ready for some fun facts? I would love some fun facts. All right. Yes. All right. So um, Dan Aykroyd was inspired to write Ghostbusters after living in a house that was supposedly haunted by Mama Cass Elliot from the Mamas <laughs> and the Papas. <laughs> Did you see that one coming? Did you just hear my- <laughs> I just went up like that was a pitch. I think it was higher. Broke some glass in the kitchen. <laughs> oh my god! Jeez, I'm sorry. Did you just say it was haunted by Mama Cass? Mama Cass. Why is everyone's house haunted by Mama Cass? She was belting out a tune. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Monday, Monday. Hey, there you go. Hey, there you so go. in addition, Aykroyd came from a family that was deep into the paranormal, and his dad even wrote a book entitled The History of Ghosts. Well, I'm going to have to have uh, it. You can find that on Amazon for okay. a mere $700. <laughs> okay, I'm I'll not going to have to have it. <laughs> I'll Never take mind. two. Um, Dan Aykroyd wrote the script originally to star himself, his BFF, John Belushi, and Eddie Murphy. <gasps> yes. The one and the only Eddie the one, Murphy. The one and only. Oh. Um, unfortunately, John Belushi died of a drug oh. overdose before the film could be made. Yeah. Uh, but have no fear. His presence can definitely be felt in the film as Slimer is modeled after Belushi's character in Animal House. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Ow, cute. that's cute. Aww. And for the first several weeks of filming, Dan referred to him as Belushi. Oh, well, <laughs> I love that. That's very cute. Yeah. Uh, so this, the original script that Aykroyd wrote was not usable. Okay. You know, it just was wasn't, it shit. wasn't quite right. 
Uh, and Harold Ramis joined the group to help rewrite the script because he was pretty much known as a writer. Uh, he was not initially set to star in it. Okay. Uh, but he got very attached to the Egon character and thought he would play it best. Aww. And the rest is history. Nailed but it. You Michael nailed Keaton it. and Jeff Goldblum both turned down the role of Egon Spangler. Okay, what's up with all of these Pittsburgh, Michael Keaton and Jeff Goldblum, why are you like, is there like a Pittsburgh call sheet that know. you guys are responding to? Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Get Pittsburghers in here. Oh How do we get on that bitch? How do we get these Pittsburgh people in here? Right on. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. That was the highest grossing comedy film of all time until Home Alone in 1990. Dude. Right? Home, dude, Home Alone. Well, yeah. That is fucking hilarious. But, you know. but yeah, wow. Yeah. That is... That's, that's, that's impressive. That's an achievement. Yeah. And of course, let's not forget that catchy little ditty called Ghostbusters oh, by Ray it. Parker Jr. Can I tell you a little a little side story? Yeah. Okay. There was this uh, roller skating rink called Blazers oh my God, around I where I grew up. With the ugly palm trees. Yes. Oh my God. It was yes. horrible. In the carpet. Uh, oh, the neon carpet. Bad. Yeah. And so like in elementary school, we would go and we would like the school would have roller skating parties. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this was a common thing elsewhere. And we would go to Blazers and at the end of the night, they would play Ghostbusters oh, no. and they would put on the fog machine. Oh, and if you had a date oh. to skate with during the Ghostbusters song. It's Mac Daddy time. You were fucking hot shit. And Ooh. you know what? I never had a date. I, ne I never had a date for the Ghostbusters skate. And you know what? I'm still feeling the pain. I'm feeling bitter when about it. When you brought it. up the theme song, I shed a little tear. <laughs> Baby, will you skate with me at a roller will. skating? Wow. Of course. I can bring our own fog machine. Watch me bring my own fog machine and just roll around. We're going to get kicked out. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. It. You know, just buy your own uh, skating rink. Yeah. You know what I mean? Romanticize your own life. I mean, Luke made Lorelai an ice skating rink out in the yard. Yeah. I think we can do it. So why the fuck can't Let's I have a Ghostbusters you roller can. skating party? You can, girl, you can have it. I can it. do whatever I want. You can have it. Okay. All right. So selling merchandise for films was pretty much a new concept at the time, and it wasn't until the success of Star Wars merchandise that it was even an idea for studios to do it. Uh, so with the unexpected success of Ghostbusters, the merch campaign was a little rough getting out of the gate, oh. uh, but that was pretty short-lived. As we know, <sighs> there is you can Ghostbusters find it everywhere. everything. Yeah. Remember those high C drink boxes you used to like, and it oh had the, they were, uh, it was called ectoplasm or yeah. something or yeah, slime yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, the merchandise, ridiculous. They really right? went for it. Mm hmm. Uh, Ghostbusters and Saturday Night Live are credited with changing the negative perception of New York City in the early 80s. Wow. Okay. Right? Cool. Are you going to ask me why? Um, I think I know, okay. but go, go ahead. ahead. Tell me. You tell me. No, 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 no. You, you think. No, you tell me. Well, I mean, I have to would guess that it was because the son of Sam. Uh, I was going to say there David were Berkowitz. there was a lot of crime happening in New yeah, York City at the time. Yeah, there was a lot of crime, but specifically, son of Sam David Berkowitz uh, was in the late seventies. So okay, if you know. change. yeah, but New York in general was known as a oh, hotbed yeah. for crime for at that sure, time. for yeah, sure, absolutely. yeah, 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 but yeah. yeah, good, yeah. yeah so yeah. a lot of shit was happening mm -hmm. in New York. It was at spicy the time. out there. It was spicy. <laughs> for lack out there. of a better word, it was a little spicy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so 2016, we saw a reboot, which was a financial failure. Is that was the one with really? the girls? I don't know because I think I only saw like a little, a little bit of it, like with Melissa McCarthy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it a flop? I don't know. I thought it was horrible. Oh, I don't know. Oh, so you you're didn't watch saying it? No. It I'm flop. saying it was no. I, it said it that flop. it was a financial failure. <laughs> so I don't know if maybe the budget was too high. It was, like, or it was the, a flop. 
To me. To me. <laughs> I thought it blew big chunks, but Did you? I didn't, I didn't watch like it. it. No. Oh, shit. Of course, Ghostbusters 2, uh, the sequel, Ghostbusters the cartoon, uh, and Ghostbusters the Afterlife has an expected release of 2021. Holy moly. There you go. Wow. So what is my lesson today? I think you could have gone so many directions. <laughs> I could have, right? Where did you go? And my first gut feeling was I wanted to know, I wanted to dive down the rabbit hole and I wanted to know like who is the very first Ghostbuster. Ooh. Like where did that come from? Yeah, you know? yeah. okay. Was um, it Zach Bagans? No. <laughs> it wasn't Zach Bagans, but a lot of that history is rooted in spiritualism. Okay. Uh, and as we've mentioned before, uh, we've talked about that. And interestingly enough, Ed and Lorraine Warren Really, as like the most popular or well known. So I know you plan oh. on covering them in depth for another episode. Well, I would love to do the Amityville Horror yes. and dive into them yes. more. Okay, and there's a lot on them. So then I landed on ectoplasm. Oh my gosh, yes, because it's a pretty common theme in the movie, right? It is. It's all over that. I mean, it's all over that movie. It's all over that movie. Literally. Literally. I mean, we ended up with a green booger called Slimer for heaven's sake. A green sakes. booger. Yes. Like a booger, he right? did, yeah. All right. So, what is ectoplasm? <laughs> right? I don't know. What, Are you mo- ready? what episode did we talk about this? And what uh, was the, the first? Harry Houdini. Dude, in the Harry was this Houdini. the original Harry Houdini episode? Yeah, and we'll, we're going to touch on that. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. All right. So ectoplasm comes from the Greek word ectos, okay. meaning outside, and the word plasma meaning something formed or molded. Ooh, okay. So it is often associated with manifestations of ghosts. Okay. Okay. A psychical researcher named Charles Rickett coined the term way back in 1894. Whoa. Uh, but in the scientific circle, the physical existence of ectoplasm is vehemently denied. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're mostly going to see it in the occult circles. Gotcha. Where it is defined as a mysterious, usually light in color, viscous substance. Viscous. Viscous. I don't like that word. She thick. (laughs) She thick. She thick. Said to exude out of the body of a spiritualist medium. Okay, and we've talked about mediums. Those are the folks that communicate with the dead. Yeah. When they are in a trance state and may take the shape of a face, a hand, or a complete body. Oh. Uh, It is typically only visible in a dark environment. (laughs) Okay. Under a black light? Under a black light. Oh, no. I knew knew someone was going to say it. Then at the end of the seance, the ectoplasm (gasps) would customarily absorb back into the medium's body. Mm. Mm-hmm. Dude, okay, okay. okay. You want to see a party trick? <laughs> <laughs> okay. The original ectoplasm joke, you have to go find it in the original you episode do. because I can't separate myself right. from just thinking that ectoplasm sounds right. like something else. Here we go. <laughs> so in the early 20th century, spiritualism was the hottest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, right? yeah. And mediums would often conduct seances. Yeah. During this time, ectoplasm would emanate out of the medium's orifices. For example, think of our Arthur Conan Doyle medium. Fuck. Who omitted the ectoplasm from her hoo-ha. <laughs> I love when you say hoo-ha. She did it again. Ectoplasm from her hoo-ha. Yes. It will never get old. And you always said, that's not ectoplasm, honey. I said, girl, that ain't ectoplasm. <laughs> that is not ectoplasm. 
right. something else. Uh, something else. <laughs> so go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. It's hilarious. Many mediums believe that ectoplasm was a means by which departed souls communicated with the living. Okay. okay. So as a result of this, ectoplasm photography became all the rage. Yes. Mediums would enter a dark booth and the photographer would capture the excretions on film. Excretions. Lore, you're saying so many crazy words today. But something was amok, folks. Okay, yeah. All right? Yeah. So this led many to believe that there were games afoot, right? Yeah. The Society of Psychical Research investigated the medium's claims of ectoplasm and exposed many of them as frauds. Okay. Here's what they found out. Yeah, what the fuck was it? Many of the mediums would swallow and regurgitate gauze or cheesecloth <laughs> soaked in potato starch. That just sounds terrible. What? Yes. Did they swallow it again afterwards? Yes. Oh. Gross, right? So they were swallowers. <laughs> and spitters. So dirty. So dirty. <laughs> she goes, I'm looking at you like, um, should I answer that? Okay. So others used paper and egg whites. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Let's circle back. So they put what you're saying in their mouth, mm-hmm. like they shove it down, mm-hmm. and then they regurgitate it. They're in their trance, like how the fuck regurgitate? Does one make themselves do that? You David know what? Blaine. I, <laughs> David, David Blaine. David no, Blaine. David Blaine. No, right. Um, you know what? I can't even be mad. Right. Because if you can figure that out, fuck it. It's creative. I'm impressed. But there's more. Okay. All right. So how about faces and hands and bodies in the ectoplasm? In the ectoplasm, yeah, the like fuck? you can make a found. <laughs> <laughs> to be cut out of newspaper and magazine clippings. What do you mean? And they used pins and strings to fasten them. What do you mean? To the ectoplasm. I like <laughs> they would use dolls' heads, they would use sticks. You know what? Again, I'm not even mad. It's like magic. If you can figure out how to make yes. me think that that's coming out of you, more yeah. power to you. And one medium, one medium they even discovered cut Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's head out of a magazine to create her ectoplasm. <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle ectoplasm, new band name, call it. <laughs> Fuck. Dude, I mean, if you're going to do it, go to the, you know, go to the source. You doiled yourself. Oh, my god! She really doiled herself. Exactly. Wow. So by the 1940s, interest in Interest in the physical mediumship, okay, like producing physical right. physical proof, uh, began to take a dive. Okay, thanks in part to many people intent on ousting these fraudulent antics. Yeah, so let's not forget our favorite debunker of all, <laughs> our pal Harry Houdini. Welcome to the chat. It wouldn't right. be Halloween without right. bringing up old Harry, right? Because he made a part of his life's mission to expose these mediums and their claims of. Right ectoplasm along with like spiritual feats of table turning, slate writing, trumpet mediumship, spirit photography, all of that stuff, right? So a woman named Helen Duncan was actually the last woman convicted and put into prison under Great Britain's Witchcraft Act of 1735. She was convicted in 1944. What? Wrap your head around that. She was convicted in 1944 following a seance where she claimed ectoplasm, you know. From the hoo-ha? 
Not from the hoo oh, okay. No, the, not that one. That's from another the mouth. medium. I think from the mouth because there's a picture. You can look it up. Ah, uh, from the mouth. Um, but it disintegrated <laughs> as soon as light hit it, right? So she was found to be a fraud. <laughs> okay. So she was in jail because she was a fraud or she was in jail because, because she was, she was a, a witch? Be- oh, okay, got yeah, it. Got it. Fraud. Um, she was imprisoned, and although the Witchcraft Act was repealed in 1951, Duncan died in 1956 and has never been exonerated. Well, what the fuck? Right? Okay. So no surprise that a huge advocate of Duncan was none other than Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh, fucking no. Who claimed that ectoplasm was a viscous gelatinous substance <laughs> unlike any that we had ever seen and that it could solidify itself and in turn be used for material purposes. Kind of like a tree is used for lumber, right? <laughs> you could use ectoplasm to build a house. Yeah. Or, this is my yeah. house. I built it out of ectoplasm <laughs> from this medium's hoo-ha that I want to fucking see that one time. And he simply <laughs> couldn't understand why scientists, scientists. And um, psychic researchers were skeptical of such a phenom. <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle, you make it really hard, my friend. You make it really hard. Was this the Gemini? But then again, he was fooled by the Cottingly Fairies. So, exactly. You know. Like, buddy, you make it hard to root for you. You Here's, know, I'm trying. But yet he <laughs> created Sherlock Holmes. I don't want to talk about it, Laura. It's I, so funny. I don't want to talk about it. The man is a mystery. We're going to dive in. We're going to dive in deeper to, with him one day. Yeah. So that's kind of just like a intro to, to ectoplasm. Ecto- intro to ectoplasm. And of course, I mean, it was popularized by <laughs> the Ghostbusters. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Right. It wasn't a thing till then. You can't talk about Ghostbusters without talking about ectoplasm. I mean, right. that's where most people, I would think, know it from at all. He's slimy, Ray. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank right. you for that. I, I feel like if they didn't um, introduce it in that film, people would have no fucking clue. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. It would have I like agree. died out. It would have died yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's so int- I like that. I think yeah. that it's interesting that they kept that going and I now know. we're talking about it in I guess. 2021. I Putting know. it back under the black light. That's right. So yeah, exactly. Jake so dirty, eloquently dirty. said, my there friend. Wow. Yeah. And so that's the Ghostbusters. I loved that. Wasn't it fun? That, it's such a fun movie. It is such a fun movie. You Again, we can't talk Halloween it's without talking Ghostbusters. Yep, and definitely a part of my youth. Yeah. And, Mine you know, too, it's honestly. It's fun to... We joke about, you know, yeah. the, the roller skating <laughs> heartbreak. Oh yeah. But, I mean, the Ghostbusters theme song, the movie, it was all throughout my oh childhood. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. It it was great. And I, I mean, feel like it's going to come back because when Stranger Things kind of yeah. highlighted it, I feel yes. like the younger generation was like, oh. Well, I want to say this uh, reboot, or not the, the reboot, the reboot, but the um, sequel coming out. Okay. I want to say I saw something about it, and it's like the descendants of them, and they find the Ghostbuster car and that. Yeah, so I think that's the route they're taking there. Okay. Yeah. That I'm it looked li- interesting. Okay. It, that looked interesting, mm, yes. Yeah. So maybe. I can't yeah. see. Yeah. Wow, yeah, I can't so see because be, I don't have my glasses yeah, on. So I'd be interested to see that. Wow. Okay, yeah, yeah I will sign up for that. And yeah. I'm going to give the reboot a try because I know a lot of people who did like it. So I'm yeah, gonna go yeah, give, yeah it a, give it a whirl. Give it a whirl. Wow, Laura, mm. I loved that. Yeah. I so, learned so much today. So that's it. Me too. I could not go another day without knowing about ectoplasm. <laughs> of course not. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah. And go adopt a little black kitty. And go adopt a little black kitty. Up top, Laura Ball. Yes. That was a fantastic Halloween yes, episode. fun. Are you ready to do Killer Quotes of the Week? I am. All right. It's my turn to pick, and it's got to be a good one. It's freaking Halloween. All right, let me reach in our pumpkin and let me get it. All right, we have That Place Knows Too Much from Karen Rowe from One Tree Hill. Nice. And that is sent in by Sophie G. Oh, One Tree Hill. We love One Tree Hill. We love One Tree Hill. Uh, And Sophie, we love you. Thank you for the killer quote. Love it. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Wow, I cannot believe we have another Halloween episode in the books. Can you I believe know. it? Every year we get to sit down together and dress up and sint just down? like we get to sit down. Yes. <laughs> New word. <laughs> we get to sit down. <laughs> no, we get to hang out together and I dress know. up and talk Halloween and I spooky know. things. That's and great. that's just fantastic. And I hope all of you are enjoying it as well. I hope you have a great Halloween. Oh my gosh. Yes. I hope you had the best Halloween ever. We The Uncle Bob's team are going to an undisclosed location for Halloween. And if you are a Patreon member, you will see vlogs and all kind of behind the scenes footage from this Halloween trip. So make sure to check that out. Yes, And you know what? Have a fun and safe Halloween and we love you and we will talk to you next time. Yes. TTFN. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on.